Hastings Where you from? Hastings, Redford, Kingsway, Main Street, Grandview He's making money in East Venice Blah! Fanny, 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 Taos, a.k.a. Mr. Smart City, Season 4 of the Above 3D Podcast, a year and a half now, going strong. Still have plenty to tell you. Wisdom, observations over the years. I went into isolation for two years. Technically three, but the third one was imposed. It was imposed upon me, so I don't count it. Two years self-imposed. Did a lot of self-reflecting. A lot of peeling the layers of ego off so I can get to the truth. Find out identity when you're not being pushed and pulled by every damn thing around you. You learn a lot about yourself. Some hardcore truths that are hard to face that make it a little bit difficult to look in the mirror. That's right. But over that time, I've come across some things, whether it was through observation research you know mr smart city does love his books read 512 of them over that span of time and what did i learn that reading 512 books is not necessary a lot of that information it gets overlapped by other information and sometimes contradictory and then you start to guess which one is right which truth is valid and then come to find out We don't really know a damn thing about a damn thing. And Socrates said that thousands of years ago. That's right. But you know, one of those things, one of the biggest breakthroughs that I ever had come across that I believe has been a key differentiator in life, really, is not to confuse malice and carelessness. Yes, that is right. Your fellow man and women are governed by self-interest most of the time. Most of their actions, if you were to break it down and take a second and step back on any motivation when people want to ask you to do something, they want to have a request out of you, whatever that may be, such as let's go to the movies, something as simple as that. One of the biggest and hardest realizations that I had to come across was that they might not even be interested in hanging out with me. In fact, I come to find out 95% of the time that was the case. Then why would they ask me? Why would they ask me to go and do this? Well, you know people can't be alone with their own thoughts. They can't stand it. Most people cannot stand that. There should be a joke that goes around somebody a comedian, they need to package this up and find a way to cleverly design this one. But the best way that you could torture a millennial, Gen Zer, take their phone away from them, lock them in a room for an hour, probably have convulsions. That's the new form of torture these days. And you know it's true too. It's sad. It makes me wonder about a lot of things. And that brings me to my next point is smartphone addiction. I think that's the biggest problem that goes overlooked.
And I think it's because the people that want to overlook it are themselves smartphone addicted. And it is by far the biggest curse that we have had. It has reduced our attention span. Not the only factor. A major factor, though, of why since the year 2000, the average attention span of a human has dropped from 12 seconds. You ready for it? To just seven and declining. It is further dropping from that point. That is sad. That is sad, ladies and gentlemen. And what... Why am I telling you this? Is it depressed? Is it to depress you? Of course not. It's to give you awareness around something that doesn't get talked about enough. But I'm telling you, it is rotting our brains. If you have children or you plan on having children, please, for the love of God, do not do the boomer special, which was raising them in front of a television screen. The modern equivalent of that is now raising them with a tablet. Or a phone in their damn hand before they can even speak a coherent sentence. Come on. This is why we have people bouncing around like beasts. Stimuli to stimuli. Nothing gets rid of being the pain. Uh, nothing gets rid of the pain of being a man quite like turning yourself into a beast. A wise philosopher once said. And that couldn't be truer than today. We do do that. We bounce around from stimuli to stimuli, so distracted, it's ridiculous. But this is terrible, a terrible problem, not only for your own productivity and well-being, but for people around you as well. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody these days? Pay attention to it. Pay very close attention to the content of the conversation that you are having. The flow typically goes like this. One person person A, we'll call in this example, talks about themselves, a story perhaps, maybe their feelings, maybe observations around them. And then person B does the exact same thing. They talk about themselves. You're not talking with anybody or having a conversation. You're simply trading personal stories, a very natural way of speaking, undoubtedly. And we've come to accept this as the status quo. But really, are you making a connection? You're not. Connection and fellowship has taken the biggest beating. And it is no wonder why we feel so alone in a crowded room when this is the case. It has affected our conversational skills. It has affected our ability to hunker down and get something of quality produced. And it has an effect on everything else like a chain reaction. And the best thing that you can do for yourself, I'm telling you, is as I've said it throughout every damn season, is the dopamine detox, the dopamine detox, getting away from that, going for a walk as simple as that sounds. There is too much scientific research to show that this is so paramount to your health, your well-being. You want to get on the path to wealth? It's never been easier because all you have to do is do what 99% of people do and that's disconnect from the mother-loving phone. If you can do that for three hours a day, as I've said, you can do anything you want. You can move mountains. You want to be that millionaire that we all have been programmed to think that we're going to become we're the special one out of the, the millions even though the statistics don't reflect that reality. Just how many millionaires could there be, Tony Robbins? How many could there be? Well, 
disconnect from the phone. I'm telling you. I'm going to keep sa- keep on saying it. If you want to ignore this and turn a blind eye, well, don't blame things and situations around you and feel like you're out of control. No, take some responsibility and do it. It gets easier, just like any other addiction out there. Disconnect from the phone. Restore your brain. Let your neural pathways recharge and rewire, and I guarantee you it will be like a superpower. I cannot hammer the importance of this enough. I will be teaching this to my kids. I will be teaching this to my loved one's kids. Get away from that damn phone, man. I'm telling you. What's going on? It's House, a.k.a. Mr. Smart City here. You are now listening to the Above 3D podcast. Hey, check this out. Do you get into a lot of arguments? Maybe with your family members, a friend? How do you end up feeling at the end of those things? Do you feel like you come away victorious every single time? You might feel like that. It might not look like that to people on the outside though or even the person that you're arguing with. Perhaps you are the person that is stubborn and will not concede defeat. But if you find that it a lot of times ends up into an exchange of insults or you just find somebody being unreasonable when you get into them, which is most of the time, well, then this episode is for you because this is about argumentation. Now, people like to argue. That's always been there since the dawn of time. It can be healthy. You can come to a lot of realizations that way. I typically like being wrong. I love being wrong. I love having my mind changed. A lot of people don't though. A lot of people, they will cling to their biases and the narrative that they have convinced themselves of. And a lot of times people hold beliefs because it suits their lifestyle. It suits their preferences and it gives justification for a lot of their decision making. What do I mean by that? Let me give you an example. For instance, say somebody was saying that the government is doesn't take care of people and society is incredibly selfish. People are only self-centered and we're promoting too much individualism. Now, in principle, it sounds like this person is coming from a good heart. They are, probably. I wouldn't wager to assume that. But they are also themselves coming from a place of self-centricity. And why am I saying this? Well, think about what it does to be able to offload responsibility for results or conditions of life onto somebody else. It's freeing. Hey, I don't have to wake up every day and exercise discipline. I can be indulgent. I can piss away my time with entertainment and frivolous activities that do not suit my end goal if I even have one. Most of the time, people are waiting for somebody else to give them that goal or that opportunity. If you have a central statement like that, it is assuming that this person is admitting the reason for my shortcomings and underachievement is because of the system. The way things are structured around me is the reason. But the problem there a lot of the times too is that they're not looking at the overall picture of the uncomfortable truth, which is, well, what is your education level? How many people have you helped Have you noticed that a lot of people that make these sentiments cannot ever cite one example of how they made their own community better, but they want the world to change? There's a reason for that. 
a lot of the times people replace merit, accomplishment, achievement, doing hard things with morality. It's the easiest way to feel good about yourself. It's the easiest way to say, well, that person right there is only successful because they're morally corrupt. I could be like that too if only I was X, Y, and Z and they named some terrible traits. Now that you know that, you won't be able to unsee it, but that is how most arguments and the central theme of them, that, that's what their bias comes towards. And it's oftentimes admitting those things that cause people to be uncomfortable. When it challenges their viewpoint and doesn't suit their narrative to justify their own sense of well-being, whether it's their morals or quote-unquote virtue, that's a lot of the times the crux of why they will believe that. That's why simply having statistics and numbers and facts do not serve as the purpose that could win you an argument. A lot of times they don't. So what do you do then? How do you get your point across? Maybe it is somebody that you love, a brother or sister that you actually care to change their mind about something. Well, a lot of the time you're going to have to help them come to their own realizations. And that comes from listening and asking questions and empathizing with each point that they make. Don't do a, yeah, but. Don't do that. Or I know, but. Because that's invalidating their statements. What you need to do is repeat it back to them so that there can be a common agreement. You feel that society is selfish and you think the reason for that is because of money or because people don't have any incentive to help the people around them. Is that what I'm hearing from you? They will confirm yes or no. So then you ask them a question that goes down that line of thinking. Well, if you think people are selfish, whose responsibility is it to set the tone? For example, have you went out and done any community service lately and how often do you do community service activities if they say they don't well you can ask them at that point well isn't it reasonable to suggest that a lot of people also think like you do and they don't go out and do community service they don't really have the incentive and if that's true why why don't you do community service a lot of them will say something like well i don't have the time and blah 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 Well, what is sucking up all your time? Is it school? If they say yes, well, ask them, how often are you studying? How often are you going to class? Do you do any free time? Do you you play video games? Notice how a lot of the time there are excuses that come about from this. Everybody has all the time in the world, supposedly, to be on social media, play games, go out, do all these things. They have all the time in the world for entertainment and leisure, but they don't have time to take care of the things that they supposedly care the most about. Don't you find that a little bit odd? So where does that time come from? Is it supposed to be somebody else doing those things to help people? Is that what it is? Is it, Or is it supposed to be just once again going after the rich who they somehow associate with the quote unquote elites who by the way are elite at nothing, These guys are just politicians. They're not elite at anything. Please stop calling them that. But the quote unquote elites, alleged elites, that's what a lot of people confuse rich people with. But you realize when you go down these layers one by one, if they point to the rich, well, you can cite the fact that not every rich person is a politician. In fact, they're public servants and they shouldn't be more wealthy than most people. Somehow they are. And that comes from our tax dollars. That's another separate issue. 
But a lot of them are entrepreneurs, small business people, uh, perhaps doctors, lawyers. That takes a lot of schooling, by the way. A lot of time that these people will not give up their leisure to go and hit the books for. So with that being said, with that being said, go down the layers with them and walk them through that. So then if you talk about the time and the issue... Well, you can point that the rich people, are they not doing their unselfish duty by providing people with jobs and livelihoods that they otherwise wouldn't have? Because if they did not have these people creating these businesses, there'd be no businesses to hire people, meaning more people would have to, quote unquote, start businesses. Again, that's easier said than done. If that was the case, then why wouldn't everybody just build a business to get rich? See? See? It doesn't make sense to do all of these trickle-down economic things that they talk about because it's asking someone to divide a bigger pie with no incentive that they often will not match in and of themselves. How much of your salary do you donate? Just because somebody has more of something doesn't mean that they have to part ways with whatever it is that they have worked for. Maybe they didn't, and that's none of anybody's business. Shouldn't be pocket-watching anyways, as I always say. But... If you can get down to the nuts and bolts at the very, very core of what it is that is bothering them and why they hold the biased view towards something and you know, hey, there's a stronger argument for something, get down to that point, boil it down to the lowest common denominator. And at that point, that's when you can really start to gain momentum of the conversation, actually have them change their mind about something by continuously asking questions, having them contradict themselves to the point where they get cognitive dissonance, they might snap and go off on you. But as long as you keep calm and reiterate, hey, I'm not insulting you. It was just merely a question. I'm trying to understand you. Always come back to that. Try to figure out what is at the core. Why, why, why? Keep asking that to find out what is at the core of their beliefs on everything. And once you get down to this point, you're going to really find the truth of why it is they held those beliefs. And a lot of the times it's on flimsy and nonsensical argumentation, perhaps some talking points that they saw on late night television or YouTube or something like that. And in this point, you do this and you keep your calm. You will have control of the argument. They will know that you are not holding these views in order to be on the offensive that you're simply holding because you have worked out the problem. And when you help them work out the problem all the way to the lowest common denominator, they might be stubborn in that moment, but I guarantee you your message will get through a lot quicker when you do that. And when you're known as somebody that is reasonable, your words, your sentiments, they will hold a lot more weight. Do not, whatever you do, get into an insulting match. They insult you. Don't go to the obvious talking points that oftentimes we'd hear in every argument on every side that we've heard since the beginning of time. Do not do that. That's when you lose as well. And it doesn't matter how smart you are. Like Mark Twain says, people, stupid people will bring you down to their level and beat you with experience. Don't do that. I tend to avoid fruitless arguments. I tend to only get into argumentation when I have to make a point, perhaps in business or a loved one that I'm trying to change their mind from doing stopping them from doing something toxic. Very powerful stuff. But if you do that, promise you, 
you'll find more enjoyment in them. And hey, you might even learn something out of it. You might realize through the line of questioning, hey, this person actually does have a good basis for why they feel that way. Be a lifelong student. Be curious. Mr. Smart City out. Ciao.